Unbound Theatre presents The Chronicles of Professor Chronomier From the Depths Written by Dario Knight and performed by Erica Sanderson Chapter 9 The Club In the study of the Albemarle Club, the professor was waiting. The teleporter had returned her close to where she'd departed, albeit just over a day later. She had returned to the factory to speak with Beric, only to learn of her assassination. Then came news that a squadron dispatched to investigate a disturbance in an office building had gone dark on their communications. A search party was being sent out, but she knew it was a lost cause. Her greatest concern had been for Astrid, who too had not reported in. The day wore on. Sitting in a grand chair beside the fireplace in the Albemarle, she allowed her tiredness to seep through her bones. A dozen plans bustled around her head, but none could rally her from her exhaustion. She succumbed to an uneasy sleep. The sound of a door opening stirred her, and she quickly corrected herself to hide any sign of her slumber. Gazing into the fire still crackling in the grate, she listened as footsteps approached and the familiar face of Oscar appeared before her. She smiled. My dear professor, Oscar beamed, pulling off his gloves and sitting in the chair opposite hers. I so missed your company yesterday evening. That ghastly Lord Martindale simply drained all humour from the room. The man stifles wit rather more efficiently than his waistband stifles his ever-expanding gut. I'm most sorry to have missed it, the professor replied. I'm sure you did your best to salvage the ambiance. I saved my best for those who appreciate it, my good woman, Oscar retorted. Genuine wit is lost on the minds of the dullards you find in here of a damp Thursday evening. He sensed the professor's weariness and changed tack. May I ask what diverted you yesterday night? News of some great venture you're to embark upon? News, indeed, the professor mused on the words for a moment. As it happens, I discovered a great deal of somewhat salacious information pertinent to my endeavours. Oscar raised an eyebrow at the tantalising hint of gossip. He leant in to hear more, barely acknowledging the waitress who placed a glass of champagne on the table beside him. Pray tell, he urged in a somewhat conspiratorial tone. One does not travel the globe nor explore the forefront of science without uncovering certain unsavoury elements at work in the world, the professor began. I should venture you of all people, Oscar, know that here in London there are many with sinister motives. Oscar picked up his glass of champagne in a rather grand way. I've dined with most of them, professor. He took a sip of his drink and savoured its sweetness. But you are quite right. Some people really are not what they seem. Indeed, they hide in plain sight, the professor continued. There is a devious plot unfolding in London, one which I have vowed to ensure will not reach its conclusion. And last night, I am pleased to say, I discovered whose shadow it was I've been chasing. 
You can drop the disguise now, Editor Whalen. Oscar placed his champagne flute on the table and leaned back in his chair. All traces of joviality and impish frivolity disappeared. He sneered at her now. She returned the look with a stern glare. Take off the mask, the professor warned, or I shall rip it from you in the hope that it will hurt. The man she had thought of as Oscar Wilde reached to the back of his head and pulled at his hair. She watched passively as he began to peel away the false skin. His face juddered and disappeared, replaced by Wayland's chiselled jaw. Covering his head was an intricate net of glass and metal fibres, upon which she deduced the visage of Oscar had been projected. Wayland dropped the mask on the floor, then pressed three fingers to his neck. Oscar's rotund body and dandyish clothes were replaced with the slim figure of a uniformed enforcer. The corners of Wayland's mouth twitched into a grin. At least one of us has an excuse for looking ridiculous, he scoffed, glancing down at the professor's battered frock coat before taking a sip of his champagne. So, what do you know? I know you've been setting yourself up ready to disrupt Oscar's trial, the professor answered, ignoring the insult. I know you've been picking off any enforcers who came too close to what you were hiding. I know whatever happened at that office building last night was entirely down to you. Waylon laughed. <laughs> All the office. Now that was fun. I've been resisting the urge to slaughter the entire task force, so it was nice to let rip. He grinned and his eyes sparkled. Five whole enforcers. And a bonus prize to boot. The professor remained silent. She knew what was coming. So sorry for your loss, Waylon said, stifling another laugh. But I'm sure you'll find another little friend to send into danger when you're too busy snooping. Such a rotten shame for her to die so painfully. And to think, she thought she was helping you. The professor shed no tears. She refused to blink. She would stare him down until he gave in. How? she asked. It was quick, Waylon answered. Unfortunately. Blasters aren't much fun as weapons go, but you still get to see the look on their face. Unless you shoot them in the face, of course. He purred at the memory. That one was blissful. Where is she now? the professor asked, still refusing to engage in his taunts. I have an associate to do my mopping up for me he answered simply. She'll be in the river by now, I expect. His lip curled in frustration as the professor's demeanour remained unchanged. Were you hoping for one last goodbye, professor? One final chance to hold her hand? If only you'd held it yourself, the professor replied. You might have felt her pulse. Waylon frowned and sat up in his chair, just as the barrel of a blaster appeared beside his face. If you're going to shoot somebody... Astrid said brightly. It's usually best to check they're not playing dead before you leave. Whale and eyed a bandage wrapped around her injured arm and closed his eyes in humiliation. He took a long, slow breath. You see, lightning rather struck twice when it came to uncovering your little disguise, the professor chimed, her cheery demeanour returning. I paid your agency a visit and looked up this little scheme of yours which told me a great deal of what I needed to know and then Astrid helped fill in the blanks. Waylon glanced up at Astrid. You followed me. All the way back to your nice little hideout, she beamed. Nice gaff you got there. Underground it was, she added for the professor's benefit. 
There had been no time to discuss the details of her discovery. Down by the docks, below a storage shed. Nicely tucked out the way. She turned back to Waylon. Sat and waited for you to leave again, and blow me down if it weren't Oscar Wilde himself who opened the door. I'd have gone and had a butcher's inside if it weren't for the prof making an entrance. Picked up her teleport signal on me detector. The one I'm guessing you tried to break so Berwick couldn't trace you when you was bumping off her agents. The professor smiled and Waylon scowled at her. How did you find the agency? She held up the teleporter. Of course, when Astrid told me you were masquerading as Oscar, this little gadget posed quite the conundrum. She threw it to Astrid, who examined it with one hand whilst keeping her blaster trained on Waylon with the other. Because it wasn't Wilde who dropped it in the street acting out a little historically inaccurate brawl, continued the professor. It was Bosey. Mate of yours, is he? asked Astrid. Another undercover editor? Waylon ignored her. He remained looking at the professor. You've read the file? Oh, yes, she replied. Then this shouldn't surprise you, Waylon mumbled, and raised a hand. He clicked his fingers three times and the door to the study opened. A crowd of people calmly entered and placed themselves around the room, all facing the professor, Astrid and Waylon. Among them were the staff of the club, the patrons the professor had seen two nights ago, and, flanking Waylon in his chair, were Bosey and Queensbury. Indeed, it does not surprise me at all, the professor said coolly. Berwick knew as much. Berwick thought I was the spearhead for the editors to arrive in force, Waylon corrected her. But she was oblivious. The editors aren't on their way, professor. We're already here. You kidnapped all these people? Astrid asked, still looking around the room. So much easier than trying to influence things from the outside, the imposter Bosey explained. This way, Queensbury said grandly, we can write the story ourselves and reap the rewards. We have the real Oscar along with his friends and fawning admirers safely locked away, said Waylon, once again sipping his champagne. As soon as we've seen the timeline past the point at which his trials ought to have taken place, we'll wipe his memory, put him back where he belongs, and set him to work writing again. Then slit his throat and claim the work for your own, the professor guessed. Waylon pondered the notion. Slit his throat? Break his neck? Maybe keep him locked away in case we fancy wringing another script out of him, he grinned. After all, he's meant to be in prison anyway, so it's only fitting. He paused to see if he'd riled the professor, but still she remained calm. Oh, you really are no fun. No wonder Avel got sick of you, he sighed. If he could see all this, he'd be so jealous he'd throw up. With editors in control of whoever we want, this timeline is ours to do with as we please. Wild's just the start. Why kill Elwood and the others? Astrid asked, turning to face him. Bit of fun, Waylon offered. The Enforcers have been sticking their noses into our plans for centuries. We'd be annoyed if they didn't make for such good target practice. Once again, he failed to inspire any anger, so he dropped his voice to a threatening tone. One or two were getting wise, so they needed removing. As for the rest, by now Enforcer High Command will have been alerted to the attacks. With a threat to the timeline and their operatives, they'll bring in the big guns to settle the score. The Supreme Task Force. Everything they've got. He looked around the room at his disguised colleagues. 
and we'll be ready for them. The Chronicles of Professor Cronomier, From the Depths. An unbound theatre production, written by Dario Knight and performed by Erica Sanderson, with music by Kevin MacLeod. Mm-hmm.